Welcome to the B-Sound Podcast. Today, we welcome Adam Ivey, an American music producer, brand strategist, professional YouTuber, award-winning creative marketing specialist, and founder of sellmusic.com. He's established himself as an authority in the online business world. Hi, Adam. Thanks for being here. I uh, appreciate the opportunity. I uh, The whole professional YouTuber thing is honestly the jokey part of my bio because when people ask me what I do for years and years, I'm like, oh, I do YouTube because I didn't, I, like, I'm introverted. I didn't want to explain what I actually do. So I'm like, I'm a professional YouTuber. Oh, what's that like? Uh, it's, has its ups and downs. Do you get like, <laughs> weird responses when people say professional YouTuber, isn't it like, yeah. So I don't, I don't say that as much anymore. I'll tell them, you know, a brief synopsis of the businesses that I own. And, uh, but, but the YouTuber thing, you know, when they would ask what I did, I would usually just say, Oh, I do like product reviews of like musical instruments and I help people get attention for their music. Just if I was talking to an old lady, she would kind of understand that. So just kept it straight to the point. Um, I think it's really easy when you're doing a bunch of stuff to just like somebody asks what you do and whether they're interested or not, you just talk to them for like 45 minutes about everything that you get, you have your hands on. And right. so instead of being an overshare, I just was like, what's my elevator pitch when somebody asks, uh, just I do YouTube or I'll say I do marketing or I'm like, uh, you know, I'm in media, whatever, you know, just like a very, Hey, this is what I do. Maybe you want to know more, maybe not. It seems like a lot of people are just, um, they just ask the question and don't really want to know too much more follow-up anyway. That's what I find. Yeah. yeah. Especially when you, you do start, you know, telling them what you do and you can tell they're not interested at all. You're like, I'm, I'm going to stop right now. Speaking of what you do, um, what is it that you do do? You know, is, I mean, I know you're yeah. a YouTuber and you're, you're into marketing, which I love marketing as well. And I'm into YouTube. Awesome. Um, but um, yeah, just kind of explain to the audience at home what you do. Sure. So uh, I'm Adam Ivey, originally from central Wisconsin, now living in Orlando, Florida for the last, I don't know, 15 years or so. Moved down in 2007 to pursue music production. Did music production full-time for a little over eight years. Lost hearing in my left ear in 2016. Had to make a decision on whether or not I just wanted to kind of adjust with my obstacle that popped in, or if I wanted to do something else around that same time. Um I'd already been making YouTube videos for since 2010. So I was already in it six years and starting to find my voice, helping people with tutorials. And just like I said earlier, doing product reviews and more and more people would ask for help. And one thing I left out is I also did corporate marketing at, at an executive level for about 10 years. Um, so I merged the two. I'm a busybody. I grew up very poor. So like, I was always afraid if I'd let my foot off the gas, I'd go broke and end up homeless again. Like I was at 17 for a few weeks, but, uh, you know, getting into the YouTube space has opened my eyes or opened my eyes. I should say to, I know quite a bit about the marketing and music side of things and I'm helping my friends. And a lot of friends of friends are now asking me questions and friends of friends and friends are now asking me questions. So to save me time, I'm going to shoot some crappy YouTube videos, put them up and say like, oh, I get asked that all the time. Just go watch this video, right? It would save me time. It was like a little bit of work up front so I could just have some peace and quiet. Um, 
and not be looked at like a douchebag or anything. Um, that led to a marketing education business that we have now, um, several salaried employees. Uh, I also own a laser tech company called Unified Laser, where we sell laser engraving systems for a multitude of different industries. I also own a platform for producers called thecharts.com, uh, where they could sell their beats and instrumentals, their services and whatnot. And all those different businesses on top of, uh, I still do make music, but not nearly in the same capacity as I did when I was doing it full time. Um, and yeah, I, I have a 503C nonprofit called the Adam Ivy Foundation where uh, proceeds benefit underprivileged children. I have a big soft spot for kids that don't have opportunity. Um, and yeah, just busy all the time, trying to focus on one thing at a time. And it's, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But no, I- overall, that's kind of what I do. Sure. Sure. I mean, it sounds like you're a true entrepreneur. Figuring it out, man. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. don't know if we ever truly feel confident in what we do. It's a, it's like a, a, a constant moving target and constantly trying to be a better leader and a better, you know, uh, boss to people and, you know, all that good stuff. It seems like you have a lot of goals, right? Sure. And like one of your fundamental teachings is following through on your goals. And yeah, I think that's a good idea because, you know, you avoid lying to yourself because it's like if you can't trust yourself who can you trust right you got to be 100%. able to like put the trust in yourself and then as well as like if if you do follow through with your goals regardless of if you fail or succeed you're going to succeed because that's part of it is like learning through your goals yeah what do goals mean to you like following through with your goals yeah i think it's just i think it's just milestones i think it's just finish lines that become starting lines to something else right i think that uh goals in general are needed to reverse engineer to figure out what steps at a very surface level you could take to move yourself forward progress find momentum whatever that looks like i mean we could talk about business goals we could talk about money goals we could talk about relationship goals fitness goals all that good stuff but i think that it's the spice of life to kind of live in the past or live in the future but the enjoyment and the fulfillment of life is actually being very happy with the present and i think a lot of us are a little discontent with that and it's it's cool right like a lot of people get frustrated that they're not growing fast enough and whatever they're doing, whether it's they're not losing enough weight fast enough because uh, it's hard to stick to a diet. They're not growing on Spotify. I get a lot of artists that are like, my numbers suck. Well, yeah, you've only been doing it for three months. Like you, you have to build that repetition and that what I call aggressive patience um, in doing these things. And so goals to me are like an ever evolving door, right? Because like who I am at 37 years old is not who I was at 30 is not who I was at 25 is not who I was at 15, for example. Um, and I, I think if you are the same as you were for the last 20 years, that's not something to brag about because we should be evolving and, and, and the goals in which we set out to reach, it's not about if you're going to get there, it's how it's when, and then what's the next thing? Because in my opinion, true entrepreneurial spirit is understanding that you're going to keep climbing the ladder and there's no top rung to that ladder ever. You just keep climbing. What I heard a quote uh, a while back and it's like, as an entrepreneur, the reward for all the focus, hard work, dedication, and sacrifice is being able to do it another day with the hard work, dedication, sacrifice. And you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, that's why you got to love what you do. And so if you don't have any goals right now and you're watching or listening to this, like just let's start there and they don't have to be crazy. Just like what you do day after day will, will move you in that direction. Unless it's like an outlandish goal, which I guess anything is possible. But if you're, you know, uh, 
unfortunately, and I'm like five foot eight, right? I'm a five foot eight white guy from central Wisconsin. If I wanted to be in the NBA, I think the odds would be stacked against me. However, you know, who's to say I couldn't be like a wrestling champion or something. I think we can align uh, if you keep your mind open to the opportunities that you best, you know, are kind of suited for. Sure. And the, even, even so there's outliners of, you know, NBA players who spun web. web. Yeah. Yeah. Muggsy yeah. Bogues. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so it's possible, but yeah, you're, you're setting your sights pretty high there if you do something like that, but that's, sure. there's a book called the infinite, um, infinite game. Have you ever read that book? And it's, you about, know what? I think, I think it's in my phone for like one, one to check out. Yeah. You just jogged my memory. I, I haven't read it though. I mean, it's basically the whole concept of that is what you're talking about. You're just playing a game infinitely. And the idea is that, you know, every day you're trying to win the game. And yeah. regardless, if you lose the, the last day, you're still trying to win the next day. No, I mean, like The Power of Now is an amazing book. Like, you know, I, I think I, I have a lot of books. Admittedly, I haven't read through cover to cover on all of them. Mm -hmm. But, you know, my uncle Jack, rest in peace. You know, he told me a long time ago, he said, Adam business books, self-development books, marketing books are tools. Do not, you know, pussyfoot around. Don't worry about writing in them. Don't worry about highlighting them. That's what they're, that's what they're there for. Uh, so you know, I'm, I'm the type of guy I'll get a book. The second I get one gem or one, you know, specific thing, I'll go write it down. I'll highlight it. And I'll say, look, what can I do with this before I get overwhelmed? further in the book to where now I won't even remember this, you know, to begin with. Yeah. You just had a video come out where you talked about, um, implementing, right. Cause yeah, a lot of people all, yeah. need to implement. And that's, that's the biggest thing I see with musicians is they get these, these ideas, but then they just don't implement. You know? I think intention and implementation, that's a tongue twister. Uh, I think <laughs> that's two, two things that if you have that intestinal fortitude to like follow through with intent and, and actually in, implement or integrate what you're learning, like the world is yours realistically, mm -hmm. because a lot of people are just addicted to the knowledge game. They're addicted to information overload and they don't ever do anything with it. And they just melt their brains with dopamine and serotonin drips where now they're just like seeking and they're consuming and they're not ever creating anything, which to each his own, sure. to each his own. If you focus on less, you know, some of the, some of the biggest business individuals, even, even in our generation now still don't like live on a computer. They don't, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're doing things very analog because mm -hmm. that's how they stay focused because right. the internet's kind of like a strip club says uh, Dan Kennedy, which totally makes sense. It's just like so many shiny objects to look at and distract you. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't yeah. think of it like that, but that, that makes a lot of sense. Something, something that took me a long time to learn about and um, growing, well, really any business, but like YouTube especially is, to provide value to others. For because sure. I, I like assume like everything just everything I put out had value, right? But it, it doesn't really because I guess you really have to target your audience that you're trying to provide value for. Yeah. Does that make sense? 100%. I mean, half the time the market will tell you what you should be doing more than just assuming from day one that you know what people want. You know, I've crashed and burned before. You know, when I was doing music full time, I was a, a, a producer beyond a beat maker, but most people would call me a beat maker where I would make instrumentals and sell them online. And every single time, the ones that I fell in love with the most, the ones I spent the most time on, they were the ones that everybody picked over, stepped over. And the ones that I was about to throw away, 
the ones that I was like, nobody's going to mess with this. Let me just render it out. To, I mean, I need something to put out into the world. Those ones would go like gangbusters, right? Those ones would be the big paydays. I'd have great months. And I'm like, I almost threw those away because like, I didn't, I didn't have any, you know, passion behind them or whatever word you want to attach to it. But it was just like, I didn't care. And yet I got out of my own way. Eventually I was like, I'm not throwing anything away because people like, you never know the most simplistic stuff can be the biggest uh, hit of your career. Um, But I think leading with value and uh, you know, the old give, 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 give before you ask, you know, uh, Gary V famously calls it jab, 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 right hook. But I really think you lead with value um, before you're ever offering anything where, where you can benefit from it. And I think the connection is where the initial benefit comes from and really understanding who you're serving. Um, because if people aren't consuming, you're not really serving. Hmm. Yeah. Do you find that musicians uh, don't really know that? You know, because you work with a lot of musicians. I love musicians and they are the most frustrating people in the world (laughs) to work with because they're my people, right? So I just did a video on this recently where it's like, I think one of the epidemics or the 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 virus right now in the music mindset is like we find an instrument, we find uh, you know, logic or pro tools, we'll find a a software that we really want to get to know. We'll buy an SM7B or some mic and we want to learn it. We have an interface and we spend all this time reading tutorials, watching tutorials, being part of groups, having conversations, networking, figuring it out. Oh, you know, uh, Steve said to go click here and I'm going to try that. Awesome. And then we develop the skill, whether it's podcasting, whether it's, you know, a a musician, amazing guitar player, what have you. And then at at the point where you've developed the skill set, now we just think that it's all luck or happenstance or the universe or God or whatever, but it's like you have the skill set that took you so long to develop and nobody in their right mind would call that luck. That's hard work and dedication and being willing to put into reps and crawl through the mud sometimes, even when you make a mistake or you have something all set up and then your computer crashes or you forget to save or whatever. And you get back to the point where now the repetitions have made you more of a machine in terms of, oh, I can do that with my eyes closed. I enjoy this. I feel confident. And then the business side of things, the attention side of things, marketing, branding, monetization, all that stuff is a whole different skill set that a lot of people feel they've already put their time in because they have that skill set. They're like, well, somebody should do this for me. Well, I'm not paying anybody to learn this. I'm not going to do that. I'm not putting, I already spent this many years. I don't have the time to do this. I'm going to find somebody. I'm going to find a promo company. That's like my favorite thing, right? This promo company is uh, quoting me a hundred dollars and they're going to get me 300,000 streams on Spotify. I'm like, if, if, if you don't understand how like predatory that is, I don't need to explain it to you. Just mm-hmm. good luck. Let me know how it goes. Um, but that's, that's really like we talked about the follow through it's internally within the team here. We're always talking about like the hardest thing about what we do is that we're selling hard work. Mm-hmm. And some people get super mad at that. Right. Super mad. And I get it. Cause at one point I was that guy. I'm like a recovering cynic myself, sure. but that's, I mean, anything in life that's worth having a great marriage, a great family life, health and fitness, great relationship with friends and family that don't live where you live. Right. So there's more effort, effort and intention are like everything. Cause like there's people on the radio right now, subjectively that don't have good music, but somebody else over here thinks the world of those people. So perfection is subjective. Mm-hmm. Uh, music is such a wide creative space to where you have these 
super purist folks who's like business and capitalism and marketing and all this stuff is ruining the music industry. And then the next day their post is like, nobody's willing to pay me for gigs. I'm sick of performing for free. And I'm like, you can't have it both ways. Like either you do it as a hobby, you do it as a passion project, you do it as some form of therapy or you look at it and like, I can bring a lot of value to the world because guess what? If you're doing music full time and you, let's say you really hit it. So where you're making a million dollars a year, you know how many people you could serve with that million dollars that goes so far beyond you yet. Mm -hmm. People feel like they're being selfish or greedy. Nobody tells you how to spend the money after you make it. You can give it all away. You can live in a very quaint two bedroom apartment and take all that money that you're making and like, take care of your family, take care of people in organizations and nonprofits that matter to you. I think that good people with more money do great things. Bad people with more money usually turn into terrible people. (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) So how important is having a team then under you? Because like, I know you have your team, but um, you got to like worry about, you know, predatory people trying to team up with you or whatever. Oh, hundred percent. So like what, how do you find that balance there? So I didn't start building a team until I was already into this about nine years Mm -hmm. from, from start. So whatever that is, I started in 2006, found some momentum in 2009, unexpectedly got fired from a job, me and, you know, along with 12 other people, I believe it was maybe 15, the housing market crashed, everything was, I mean, the recession of 2007, 2008 caught, caught up to a company I was working for. We all got fired. We all got denied unemployment. Uh, benefits. So like we were living hand to mouth and and luckily I was already doing some hustle jobs. I was doing graphic design, building WordPress pages, doing music and all of it pulled up was like enough to barely survive. Um, but you know, I did this stuff for a long time. I think I edited my YouTube videos for close to nine years. That's what it is about nine years of editing my own YouTube videos before anybody else helped me. Um, that person was one of the first people on my team, you know, shout out to Chico. Um, you know, and then from there, the more you serve people, the more a team makes sense Mm -hmm. because like I selfishly sat in front of computers for 18 hours a day until I couldn't stay awake anymore because I wanted to make as much money as physically possible through a computer, right? Making music, making music, making music, talking to people, 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 because that was more important than making the music, right? And then making the money, going, doing stuff with my friends, barely ever, because I was so focused on making the money. And so, you know, I made six figures with my music for like eight years, right? So doing that obsessively, then switching or flipping the switch and switching over to now, if I can help 10,000 people, if I can help a hundred thousand people, my mission is to help a million people get up and running, build momentum, have a sustainable income, even if it's supplemental. Cause let's face it, there's people that have careers that really love their careers and they do music and they just want to be heard. Like I have a student, I shout him out all the time. Shout out to Sean. He's a um, what is it, an aerospace engineer for Boeing? At least he was when he was in my program. And he's like, Adam, I'm in my 40s. I make over $200,000 a year. I have kids, very comfortable. I do not ever plan on doing music for a living. I just want people to hear my stuff. And so, goals in the gym, I, I referenced the gym a lot because I think there's a lot of parallels. Like, if you and I go to the gym, Maybe I want to be a power lifter and you want to be a bodybuilder. Well, the diet is different. The practice or the uh, training routine is different. The sleep, the cardio, everything is different. The form even. 
but we're at the gym. We're, we're going after goals together. And I think that that's where the community aspect steps in. Um, but yeah, man, you know, I, I think that having a team when you're ready, but too many people, I, in fact, I just talked to an artist, uh, I think it was last week. I was gonna say earlier this week, but, um, he was convinced that all he needed was a manager. Yet the same individual had a private account on Instagram, one song from two years ago on Spotify. And I'm like, you're not going to find one manager, unfortunately, that's worth a dang, unless it's a family member doing you a charity case that's going to do anything for your career better than what you could do right now. It's just an entitlement thing sometimes. I'm not saying... I'm not saying that there's no need for managers. There's amazing managers out there. But so many people... So many people are trying to get a Hollywood agent before they've ever stepped foot in front of a camera. And and that's a good parallel, I think, um, where Big Papa is not going to discover you and take you to like one thing I've been saying a lot recently is name 10 winners of American Idol that are currently relevant in the music industry. Yeah, I can't. (laughs) But how many people had the exposure of a lifetime? How many top 10 people had all this free exposure, camera time, interviews? Where Mm -hmm. are they? Right. It's because they were expecting Big Papa to take them to where they needed to be. Mm -hmm. Letting somebody else control their destiny. Letting somebody else write their narrative, style them, you know, kind of groom them into what someone else thought this person should be, you know, so... I think luck ties into everything we do, but I also feel like if we don't optimize, we we won't ever have the ability to be called lucky, even as ridiculous as it probably is at that time. We we have to put in the work and the reps in order to position ourselves because you and I, we can't be heartbroken that no one ever wanted to date us if we never leave our living room, if we yeah. never even put up an online profile. Like, obviously, yeah. you can meet somebody without leaving your living room these days, luckily, but, you know... <laughs> It, you can't be mad about something that you never went after. Yeah. I mean, I know when I was doing music full-time, um, uh, I was always told, if you want someone to manage you, be manageable. You know, have something to manage. <laughs> yes. yes. Other than, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I, I kind of want to take a little left turn here because you you were mentioning the gym. Yeah. I, was, I was watching uh, some of your old stuff and I saw this video where you were like doing John Cena, right? Oh, God. And yeah. uh, you're, you're pretty jacked, <laughs> dude. You're pretty jacked. I was pretty jacked. I'm a happily married man now. You can't stay jacked when you get married. Oh, man. Okay. All right. So I was actually a certified personal trainer back in 2008 and fitness has always been... Um, for complete disclosure, got got certified, never did anything with it because it was around the same time the economy crashed and I didn't want to chase people around in a parking lot convincing them to sign up for the gym. That being said, um, I've, I've always been in competitive sports. I, I was in martial arts from the time I was uh, in first grade through high school, so about 12 years. Um, and fitness is something I leaned into heavy as a bobble-headed, super scrawny, skinny kid who used to get beat up a lot. 13 or 14, you know, shout out to my buddies, Jim and Steve and Terry. And, uh, they were like older brother figures to me that I met through martial arts and they got me into the weight room and I'm over there lifting weights. And then all of a sudden I'm like stronger and I'm faster when I, you know, tried, tried out for the varsity football team and was running track and everything was just better. I I was more confident. And so, you know, fitness is always going to be super important to me. Um, I do still work out. Just, I need to get back into it. I'm kind of addicted to Taco Bell. Don't tell anybody. Um, but you know, uh, working out, I had my shoulder fixed. I had, um, 
I had a bone spur that was like grinding down my uh, rotator cuff. Mm-hmm. Had that one fixed, healed up. I'm strong as hell over here, but now this one needs to get fixed and I have a tendon issue. There's a, there's a few different things that kind of limit how crazy I go. I have an abdominal hernia. I'm falling apart, dude. I'm getting old. But um, I, I had the abdom- abdominal hernia fixed, and then I was working out too hard after I got my shoulder fixed, and I messed up the mesh. I need to call one of those lawyers like, do you have an abdominal hernia mesh that ripped? Call me. I need to find one of those guys. <laughs> I love fitness. I love the community behind fitness. I love the team sports aspects. You know, I don't have any kids yet, but when I, you know, I will, I'll be that dad. That's like the coach too. And really, you know, supportive of, of, you know, collaborative efforts and, and team building and stuff like that. Um, I think that's why some people on YouTube don't necessarily like me too much. Cause I remind them of like a tough love coach jock or something in their past that they didn't get along with. I get it. But that's how I learn. And that's how I'm like, I had two very masculine men in my life with my father and my grandfather, um, coaches, karate instructor, martial arts instructors. I was in Taekwondo, not karate, but most people call it karate. Uh, and doing all these different things, I resonated most with the tough love time to cut the, you know what, and focus. And so that's how my coaching style is just by osmosis. I mean, I, uh, was ranked number one in the state of, uh, in the state of, um, I was going to say central Wisconsin in the state of Wisconsin. I think when I was 14 and 15, um, in like the 18 and under black belt, there's some caveats to what I was ranked in. Right. But it's like 18 and under black belt forms, not fighting. I was still super, you know, small at the time, but that being said, um, I'd been going to martial arts so much. So for like years, I taught the 12 and under kids because I was just a little bit older and they really listened to me and I really liked it. And so now as somebody that barely graduated from high school, um, it's, it's just so ironic that I get so much fulfillment out of helping other people and really teaching and, you know, actively moving our program towards getting nationally accredited, which is just kind of a chip on my shoulder thing, because there's a lot of people that are like online course, people are evil. Like, well, let, yeah. let me get this thing nationally accredited and, and then you'll probably still think I'm evil, but at least, at least people can get college credits for it. But yeah, hey. man. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of the stuff that attracted me to your content was uh, that you kind of, uh, teach discipline, right? Like that's one of the things I, that I think came from that, um, yeah. came from your upbringing or whatever. But, um, and then of course the content is consistently useful right like like Thank i found you. you to be very useful compared to a lot of the other people out there like you're 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 giving practical marketing advice you're giving challenges like those challenges where you uh yeah. on instagram and do those kind of things for sure i, I just couldn't keep up with those instagram challenges cuz they were tough yeah. and took a lot and of that's why it's called it. a challenge yeah exactly exactly yeah man but um i think those things are valuable you know especially the, to those people who can complete them and uh yeah or learn from not being able to complete them. I think a lot of times just building habits. I mean, I think that one thing I've been very good with is like, I came from like my parents collectively have never made over $30,000 my entire childhood, um, grew up with a whole lot more love in the house than financial resources. And just growing up in a very blue collar environment, I'm a third generation American. My great grandparents moved here from Czechoslovakia and Austria, uh, all the Slavic nation area over there. But, um, 
they were farmers, they were iron workers. They, I mean, nothing was glamorous. It was all hard work, work hard. Don't look at the clock. You'll make enough to survive. And, you know, I, I wanted to break the cycle, but I think those work ethic aspects have been burned into my psyche to where, you know, we didn't have money. So when I was 12 and a half, I took a paper route and then I kept taking all the paper routes that were connected to like my paper route ended on this block. And that block started with like, you know, Jeff was the paper boy, but he was turning 16. So like I was 13. So I took his. And then before you knew it, I started with, I I mean, it's been a very, been a very long time ago, but I think I started with around 80 papers on Sundays, Sundays, at least back in the day, most busy, time because everybody wanted to get the, you know, the sale flyers and all the, the, uh, the coupons and stuff. So I think it was around 80 papers, the first route that I had. And by the time I retired at 16 or 15 and a half, whatever it was, um, I had over 370 papers on Sundays. So like I kept taking more and more paper outs and, um, as a kid making $385 a month, was like I could buy Nintendo 64 games. I could buy an occasional like Tommy Hilfiger button up shirt, you know, and, and, and fit in more at school to where that's just kind of stuck with me. I mean, I got, let's see, I got marketing awards over here. I got a YouTube thing, another marketing thing down. Here's another thing down. Oh, you can't see it on camera. Um, I got to move that up. Uh, but you know, the, the things, the, the little trophies and whatever, they look good on camera, but like the YouTube award, I, I didn't open the box for over a year. Like I got a hundred thousand subscribers, got it. And I'm just like, okay, I know I have it now. What's next side note really annoys me that YouTube doesn't have like a half a million subscriber award. Oh, they don't No, It goes from 100,000 to a million. I'm like, there's a lot of runway in between there. Yeah, there is. There and is I think a, a lot of people get very discouraged at like three, 400,000. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> I still got 600,000 before I get the next one. Yeah, it's not crazy. all about that, but you know, for those who like in martial arts, I always, always chasing a trophy and high school sports, you're always going for that state championship and, you know, winning record and playoffs and stuff. So I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of competitive even now in terms of like, how much more can I teach people? And the YouTube stuff is my way of providing value for beginners into like early on intermediate for free. So like, if you never buy anything from me, if you never take part in any of my paid programs, if we meet on the street, we could still be friends because I'm trying to just help people move forward. Um, and then for the select few, like, honestly, dude, if my YouTube stuff can either move you to the next level or realistically discourage you from going after something that you would have wasted 10 years on, like, I'm okay with that. I'm totally fine. Some people are like, this video is very discouraging. I'm like, look, man, I've been told, uh, you know, eye to eye by an A&R that my music's trash after I thought he was a friend. The music industry, you know, the music industry is not rainbows and unicorns. So right. if a YouTube video can discourage you, probably not something that you should pursue. Go become a pharmacist. It'll be much easier. Right. Anything that you're doing on on in the public eye, you have to have thick skin yeah. for for that. <laughs> Lord knows that that's the truth. Yeah. Especially these days, you can get canceled for anything. But uh, oh yeah, a lot of <laughs> trolls, a lot of trolls, a lot of a lot of trolls who think they're just critics. Yeah, but they have no credentials to be a critic. So it's just like, <laughs> yeah, okay, do something with your life, and then tell me what I'm doing wrong. Otherwise, anyway, that's right. a whole different story. 
Shout out to everybody that watches my content and is not a douchebag. I appreciate you. Like I'm, I'm one of those people. I'm not a douchebag. No. Anyway, <laughs> I'm curious now what you and your team do to come up with uh, the concepts for your videos. Like, how do you do? You guys like brainstorm on that, or like what's the what's the thing you do to come up with the? Yeah, you know, man. So like, um, realistically, I'd say like five percent, maybe less, of my YouTube videos are scripted. Um, I do have a teleprompter, and it works awesome with the iPad and stuff, but. I think it's Mark Twain that said, if you, if you never tell a lie, you don't have to remember anything. And so I've done corporate marketing for over a decade of my life. I've been marketing my music for over a decade of my life. You could throw anything at me and I'm, I'm not going to say I know everything. And I'll tell you straight away when I don't, but all the marketing systems that we teach day in and day out, I do mastermind calls twice a week with my team uh, or not or, uh, with my student group. I'm also in the, in the community group, the private community group. You know, uh, we have a student success coordinator. We have a dedicated coach for, you know, my my accelerator program, my higher end programs so that they have a ton of support. And these are people like, for example, my student success coordinator, Zach, 20 years in the music industry is produced for Skrillex and Diplo and Steve Aoki. Like, he's like my best friend. He's like a brother to me. But we ha- I surround myself with other people that do this stuff. So we're drinking our own Kool-Aid. We're eating our own dog food. So... The one thing that I just laugh at when people like to troll, they're like, you don't know what you're talking about. Is that why you're here on my video? Cause like <laughs> marketing got you here. Yeah. So like you can't get mad at me for making money teaching you how you can do the same thing. Like anyway, it's so it's, you know, and, and I've, I've been bringing up a lot of people that criticize it happens. The bigger you get, I will say that it's like one out of, 10,000 people, right? But uh, the people that we are helping on a day in and day out basis are the people that we focus on, are the people that I'm talking to. And a great thing about it is it'll, even though I'm not doing music in the same capacity as I was before, I'm having so much fun staying in the weeds and guiding people through day to day, whether it's a Patreon launch, whether it's a new single that's coming out, whether somebody wants to release a merch line, figure out touring, collaborate. Uh, you know, we have a student right now that has gained 250,000 followers on TikTok in the last 60 days after nice. he told me, Adam, I, I don't get it. I don't know if the platform's for me. It's so like, shout out to Glenn and Reggie. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's one of those things where you have to really enjoy what you do. Otherwise, you know, obligation leads to resentment. Um, and don't get me wrong. There's people that ask for help, but don't actually want help. There's people that want help that aren't ready for help. Cause it's all, it's like I said earlier, it's intention. Right. It's intention. So you can say that you need help. You could say, Hey bro, manage me. You could say, all I need is five minutes of your time, but that's never the case. Not one time. That's never the case. Um, I do try to teach discipline or at least instill the importance of it in, uh, you know, same with patience. Like I went three years, which is a long time and a very short amount of time, depending on how you look at it, three years producing, buying all the gear, spending the money on the software, having the MIDI controller, watching copious amounts of tutorials, having calls with people, buying a couple little programs, a little, a couple online courses, trying to figure out how to align myself to eventually make money. And it took me three years before I ever really made a cent worth calling home for, you know, uh, after going after it. And so there's so many people that quit before that three years, you know, I, I talk about it a lot. Um, it took me eight years, I believe, eight years to hit 50,000 subscribers on my YouTube channel. That's after a couple of viral videos went big, right? Right. That didn't really lead to a whole lot of subscribers, just a lot of attention, and I didn't know what to do with it. And so 
it from that from that 50,000 point that took 8 years to hit took me less than 18 months from that point to surpass 200,000 subscribers when i figured out who i was when i figured out who i was talking to when i figured out what they needed and when i figured out if i show up for them enough for long enough they're going to show up for me yeah and it's just having that blind faith of like this is going to work this is going to work people are enjoying it like the feedback some of the criticism helped Right. You know, I'm not, I'm not that naive to think that I'm perfect. I'm certainly not, you know? Yeah. That's an important thing I think is to, especially as an artist is to uh, not take all the criticism to heart, but at least listen to some. Yeah, you know? absolutely. But uh, what do you think sure, is sure. The, the biggest waste of time that you see musicians making? Oh man, you have like two or three hours. Um, <laughs> I think the one thing that's comes to comes to mind when you ask that is like people dive headfirst into promoting themselves when they have nothing to actually bring people to. They think that if they go spend a bunch of money on a logo, they think that if they have one single from two years ago, like the gentleman I brought up earlier, that they're just going to spend all their time convincing people that they should be a big deal. And it doesn't unfortunately work like that. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's outliers in every situation. There's somebody that did a video as a joke that went on TikTok and now he has a big record deal. Like I'm sure we all agree that there are lottery winners in life. Mm-hmm. However, um, and I could talk about that too, because that same person probably will get dumped or shelved. <laughs> like that anyway. Um, I think that looking at because, like, in my opinion, there's only three types of or there's only three types of content when it comes to building up a brand and really pushing forward. That's attraction content, nurturing content, and then promotional content. Promotional content being what you offer the people that have nurtured down to actually caring. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you know, I talk about the VCO uh, framework that I developed a couple of years ago. It's like visibility connections offers. They perfectly align. Visibility is attraction. Connections is uh, nurturing and offers is promotion. So many people have the funnel flipped upside down on its head. They just promote. They think that that's going to gain a lot of attraction and then people are just going to care. And it, it, it doesn't, unfortunately, it doesn't work like that because in the corporate marketing side, like you're really happy if you have like seven to 10% conversions on some ad campaigns. So you might show it to a million people hoping you get a hundred thousand people interested. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think that if you have a million people that are watching your stuff, a million people should be clicking. Right. And it does, it doesn't work. I mean, unfortunately, I wish it did. I think we all do. Yeah. It doesn't work like that, but the people that care, the people that are going to uh, resonate with that are the same people that are interested, invested in what you're doing and more connected. It's all about emotion. It's all about emotion. It's all about getting people to care. It's who are my people? I believe in the concept of speak to one, speak to all, because Mm -hmm. if somebody gets offended by my YouTube videos, I wasn't speaking to them. If I talk to one person, usually in my mind, it's either one of my good students or my little brother. And I'm like, if I was teaching or if I was given tough love, or if I was just giving perspective, how would I present that across the table at a Starbucks or sitting in a garage with a football game on in the background? And like, I try to just be myself, even though I know that sometimes I record a, a snippet of my life in that moment that's a little bit more heated than I might even be 30 minutes after the fact. But it's because like I have a passion not based on trying to get down people's throats like that, but a passion because I see so many people failing at that to where it's like, just want to shake them and like, please take this seriously. Please just even question me about it. Get your mind active about what I'm talking about. That's all I want. 
Right. Um, and I think that that's, you know, that's, uh, that, that's where my core from fulfillment and, and everything is. And I think that the mistakes that artists make usually are just not having distinct goals, going too heavy into promotion or marketing before they even have a brand. They know who they are. A lot of people are trying to be something that they're emulating and just kind of, kind of lost. Yeah. I know what you mean about like the, uh, you should nurture the audience you have, right? Like I knew a guy who did a live stream and I think like eight people showed up and he got upset. He was like, only eight people here. And he, you know, ended it quickly. And it's like, no, you're supposed to nurture those eight people. Those eight people taking time out of their day to come see you and, and they'll tell their friends and you know, whatnot, like, dude, you know what you're talking about. I, I recently in a coaching call to my group, I told them, I said, you have to treat 15 people the same as you would treat 15,000 people Mm -hmm. because those 15 people are going to be the ones that are out talking to other people to grow that audience. And then the 50 and then the hundred and then the 10,000 and then a hundred thousand. Like if, if you don't appreciate what you have, it's like if somebody, if you were doing a gig and somebody came up and threw $10 in a, in a guitar case or something, you're not going to say like, what am I supposed to do with that? You know how expensive (laughs) gas, like, you know, (laughs) right. All right. So you're a mentor to a lot of people. Um, can you talk about the mentors you've had and why they were important to you? Yeah, man. Um, I was just thinking about this last night. I, I got a, I got a book in the mail and on the cardboard little sleeve that the book came in, it came from Porchlight Books. Porchlight Books is an amazing, uh, you know, book distributor in Milwaukee, Wisconsin that was co-founded by my uncle Jack. The funniest part of the story is that I didn't know Uncle Jack was a business person until I was in my mid-20s. He was just a white mustachioed uncle at the family reunions that was just more about talking about you than ever even bringing up him. Um, My Uncle Jack, once I figured out, I could go into that story. My Aunt Annie, shout out to Aunt Annie, is my mother's sister. So Uncle Jack is like my uncle-in-law, kind of, right? And my mom is one of 12 children, so I have a lot of aunts and uncles. And so I went to go visit my Aunt Annie because I was flying in Aunt Annie. I don't know. Whatever you... Let me know in the comments below if you prefer aunt or aunt. I'll just keep going back and forth. But, uh, you know, I flew into Milwaukee to go visit family. And uh, even though where I grew up is about three hours away from Milwaukee, uh, my Aunt Annie is only like, you know, 30 minutes away from the airport. So on the way, I stopped in, got to know my Uncle Jack a little bit. He's asking me, you know, about what I'm doing and at the time doing music and selling beats online. I have this website and I'm building this funnel and I have a mailing list. And he goes after after just talking his ear off for however many minutes he goes, Adam, I have no idea what you're talking about. but you are very good at marketing yourself and you have charisma that I've been doing business a long time. Like what you have, if you can bottle that up, you'll be good to go. And that was the first time I ever really heard the term or thought of the term marketing, right? Cause this, this is before I was making money with my music. This is just when I was like full of, you know, what in vinegar yeah. and, uh, you know, really going after it with the most naive, I didn't, I didn't realize how competitive it was when I first got started. I'm like, I'm doing this cool thing and people are going to care. And so he, after the visit, um, sent me a box of books, that box of books, I read through almost everything, you know, in the next few months. Um, some of those books are still on my shelf right here. And 
those books really opened my mind, not only to like marketing and business and uh, like the boring stuff sometimes, but like self-development mindset, just the power of, excuse me, like whether you believe in manifestation or you believe in just the power of positive thinking, um, another great book. I think that, you know, he was so instrumental to just that little switch, that little, quite honestly, man, it was less than a two hour visit. I had leftovers that they had in the fridge. It was Indian food. I do not like Indian food because it gives me heartburn like immediately. I wasn't about to tell them that because they were very gracious. I'm like, oh, this is good. Can I just get more more white rice? Just more white rice with this, please. He was a mentor of mine. I've had business coaches and I've been, you know, part of mastermind groups. I'm in a couple programs now with just amazingly, you know, uh giving smart people because I, I always believe that coaches need coaches. And no matter how good I am. I could always get better. No matter how good of a husband I am, I could always get better. No matter how good of a leader, a boss, a friend, I always can be better because I think that that's where the true reputation of your life comes from. It's like, okay, the person, you know, I'm sure that there's people out there that think I'm a douchebag and that's fine, but they're not going to show up to my funeral on a rainy day. <laughs> and those are the people that really matter, you know, um, the, and I'm not trying to get in the weeds here. It's not like Tony Robbins or anything, but um, those mentors, I love my mom and my dad to death, but they taught me through their actions what I didn't want to become. Mm-hmm. Before I ended up moving to Florida, I was a union woodworker, union carpenter for about four years, worked my way up. I've, I've always been ambitious. I've always been hardworking early, showing up early is on time. You know, that's, that, that's who I am to this day. And the people along the way, the really good foreman or the boss, the friend that was like an older brother figure to me, all these people in a way mentored me because I would see one thing about their life that I really admired or really respected and really liked and said, I want to kind of build that into who I am. I want, I want to be, I want to be like that. Um, I think that mentors are so undervalued in today's society and everybody's calling themselves a mentor. I firmly believe no matter if it's my stuff if it's XYZ stuff, any like find somebody that you connect with just because I'm telling you how it is in my life doesn't mean that's your reality. And I totally understand that. But for the person that's scrolling through YouTube, I pop up, they're listening, they're doing something else and they go, Oh, I never thought of it like that. Oh, I can do, I'm going to try that. Cause one thing I see time and time again, are people are like, Adam, I don't know where to start. I've been following you for two years. I said, well, that's where you start. You haven't really been following me. If you're not listening, it was like, I show you exactly where to start. Mm-hmm. And people, a lot of times, no matter how many secrets you give out, no matter how many gems, how many actual tactical strategy do this exactly the way I teach it. People are always not everybody, but certain people are like, yeah, but what's the secret? You're not telling us everything. I'm like, well, you haven't done anything that I've told you that like you would see that all this stuff is part of the puzzle. Life is not one single singular puzzle piece. It's a it's a very complex puzzle. And yeah. so uh yeah, man. I, I know I'm going off on a tangent, but um my uncle Jack, uh just a beautiful human being, has impacted a lot of people. Um gone far too soon. He, you know, he passed away last year. Um but, you know, him and, 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 you know, I'm trying to think of, I mean, I have, I have mentors in the fitness space 
you know, sure. th- that I looked up to on YouTube and I was like, man, I want a physique like that. Or man, I want to be as charismatic as that guy. And so I could sit here and just ramble off so you- channels and ramble off names. And it's just, it's, you find certain people at certain points in your life. And I, I think all the time, I'm like, if my students get to the point where they feel like they're beyond my teaching, that's exactly why we started working together to begin with. I'm, I'm not trying to be better than everybody. I want to elevate and then send them off. And hopefully they become much smarter in their journey yeah. than I could ever be because I'm not living their life. Yeah. The goal of the master is to get the student to surpass the master. Yes. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, absolutely, man. So one thing I think that helps people out is um, like, what's something that you wish you had known when you first started out? I wish I would have known marketing day one. I would have, wow. yeah, I would That's be a, a whole lot further in in that accomplishment uh, milestone trophy case. Um, I think that I think the thing that I wish I knew back then was like the foundational work that you do for a long period of time has to be what you want to do because so many people are climbing the ladder just to realize that it's leaning up against the wrong wall. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so I think that what we have to do is say, kind of like the Venn diagram, you know, what are you good at? What do you enjoy doing? What can make you money? Yeah. Because so many people walk through life and they're, they only have two of those things and it, they never really feel balanced. And so one thing I wish I would have instilled more confidence in myself. You know, I was the acne face, super skinny. I'm not going to say poor because if my mom ever sees this, I'm not trying to be like insulting because, you know, they did the best they could. Realistically, man, it's like if you have a vision, go for it. Cut the people out of your life that are actively trying to stop you from something you know in your gut you can do. That's a good And show the world what your intent is. Show the world what you're going to accomplish rather than trying to stand on an apple box or a soapbox and yell it at them. Because my good friend Isaac told me one time and it sunk into the core, you can't explain to somebody what the color blue looks like. You have to show them. Mm -hmm. Going into it, you have to just say, this is going to take a long time, but I love it so much. I'll figure it out. And then hopefully you find guides, resources, teachings that'll get you there a whole lot faster and save you tons of time, tons of money. Um, you know, aside from that, uh, I would tell my Earl of my younger self that, uh, doing incredibly heavy deadlifts is completely pointless. Squatting three or 400 pounds across your shoulders, completely pointless. Who are you trying to impress? And I say that as somebody who has several herniated discs in my neck and my back from a car accident, but weightlifting heavy, uh, as a kid did not, did not help with that. Are you saying that's not how you get gains then you don't get gains that way? You do get gains from lifting heavy, but you you need to focus on form. And, uh, I think a lot of people, especially me early on, I'd get that weight up any way I could, even if, uh, my knees and my hips and my shoulders and everything else uh, are are taking it have taken its toll and are feeling it now when I crawl out of bed. Luckily, feel pretty good. However, I still have my days, man. Uh, I want to know what what you're excited about currently. Super excited about next year. Uh-huh. Rolling a whole lot of new stuff in the marketing education space as well as scaling the tech business. Um, going to cut back on a couple other things. We're rolling out a podcast here in the next couple months. What else? Uh, writing a book, having a productivity planner for creatives that should be out by like probably August. Um, got some 
big things going on with with you know uh the family and I'll leave it at that um you know so it's it's one of those things where uh I just love being a better leader and I think like together you know the old acronym together everyone achieves more team right so I really think that going into 2023 I'm going to be as effective as I've ever been and being able to help people and finding them where they need to be found. You know, it, for the longest time, I was like, I have this offer, I have this offer, and that's it. If you don't align, if you can't afford it, like, sorry, I'm focused on these things. And now with a team, um, I, I can really align myself with more people and give more of myself to people and stay in what I call that that uh, innovator, that that excuse me, zone of genius is as corny as that sounds to where now all the systems are in place so we could serve people at scale while being able to have the gold standard product offerings in the space. Cause I'm still competitive um, and travel and all that good stuff, man. So like biting off what I can chew, but then having a team that has a little bit more room so we can continue to grow, you know, that's always super important to me and, and just kind of uh, uh, I, I'd say maturing, and my emotional intelligence has been just such a humbling and, and such a, yeah, I used to get really upset when somebody would like troll me. Right. Mm -hmm. And I brought that up earlier and it's still, I got bullied really badly in elementary school through middle school, junior high. Sure. Uh, I'm talking about beat up, spit on my clothes ripped, just bad. And um, there's a couple of things that are popping into my memory. I don't even want to share with you, but like when people are, rude. I'll just leave it at that. When they're rude to me with what I'm doing and I'm so passionate about, and I see the transformations, I see the smiles on people's faces that I actively work with day in and day out. And I'm like, it's like, I want to convince them. I'm like, look, like I can help you. You can do this, but you, you know, I, there's a, there's a quote out there that you'll never make someone happy. Who's, uh, you know, you'll never make someone happy. Who's dead set on misunderstanding you. So, yeah. you know, understanding that it's the people that I impact in a positive way, like I mentioned earlier, you know, who's going to show up to my funeral, who's going to show up to my funeral that day if it happens to be raining. I got that from Alex Hermosi, who uh, has been a passive mentor of mine through some of his content. He could be a little extreme with some of his stuff, but I think he'd get a kick out of that. Um, you know, I think that life is more exciting now because I know it's not about the money. I can do a whole lot of great stuff with the money for other people. But when you when you're doing okay financially and you have a team around you, you want to say, hey, how can I take care of the team? You know, we're talking about going to Hawaii next year. I want to go to Switzerland, you know, and just be able to really give back to the community in a way. We want to do a live event here in Orlando next year. So like I could just zone out and talk to you about everything I'm excited about. And this is just like, this is just me, right? I'm always, always looking forward to stuff, but also, you know, tonight when I go home and have dinner with my wife, I'm going to be the happiest I've been, you know, just yeah. sitting in that moment with my dogs, watching TV and, you know, eating, uh, I think we're having chicken and wild rice tonight for dinner. Nice. Nice. Yeah, man. yeah dude. I, th I think that's one of the things that I think is you come off uh, really authentic to me and like really as someone who really does want to help and you're really excited about it. And I, I can't see why anybody wouldn't want to, you know, share in some of that and, and, and understand that energy and try to take some of that on, you know? So I appreciate that, man. I, th yeah. I do think that there's a lot of people that are hurt. There's a lot of people that are jaded. 
There's a lot of people that went after it so hard and they were too proud, too stubborn to ever ask for help. Mm -hmm. So they think that finding help is impossible. Like, no, it doesn't work like that. Mm -hmm. It didn't work for this one guy who was relevant 40 years ago. Why should it like, yeah. Or it's just a personality thing, man. I might remind them of somebody that they don't like, or they might just not, I might call somebody a dipshit or something in a video. And they resonated so much with who I was describing that they feel like I directly Mm -hmm. called them that. Yeah. I've spent so much time trying to convince people. I have spent so much time trying to be a people pleaser that I realize if I'm over here serving people that do not want to be served, I am leaving the people that need to be served high and dry. A lot of people think that a lot of people, not a lot, don't want to say that, but some people that might bump into this interview or any of my YouTube content might say, oh, he's being fake. Mm -hmm. This is just me, baby. This is like, I've gone through a lot of shit in my life. Oh yeah. And like, I'm very blessed and fortunate uh, and I live in an, I live a very abundant life and that's not, that's not in any one area that's on all areas because either you can be the victor or the victim. Uh, I grew up with a victim mentality and now trying to be victorious in what we do. I'm going to stumble. I'm going to screw up once in a while. I'm human. Um, but I love having conversations with relative strangers from across the world sometimes and just talking about what we do because the creativity, I mean, even with what you're doing, man, like getting on YouTube, putting yourself out there takes bravery, reaching out to people, showing up for people, being able to to do videos early on as we both did with no views, no interest, nobody yeah. cared. Mm-hmm. That takes bravery because you have a vision and these are the only steps that are going to make that vision come true. Because I don't know about you, I could see what my life is every five years. And I'll tell my wife, I saw what this life was when we first met, just had to wait for time to catch up. But if you're, if you're sitting still, it'll never happen. So you have to keep going through. So, um, anyway, man, it's, it's always, it's always great, you know, sharing perspective with the world, even if some people don't understand where you're coming from. Appreciate that for, first of all, Yeah, and, uh, man. we'll just wrap up here. I just, can you let people know where they can find you online? Come find me on Instagram and TikTok uh, at Adam Ivy. That's A-D-A-M-I-V-Y. Uh, find me on YouTube, Adam Ivy, uh, AdamIvy.com. Um, And I just, I would say, start there. You know, so many people are like, do you have a product? You know what? Just come find me for free. Let's hang out. And if I can provide value to you for free, if you like my style of delivery, then we can go from there. But otherwise I'm a real dude, like, like anybody else. And, you know, I enjoy my time at home. I enjoy my time away from cameras, believe it or not. Um, But I am most active on those platforms. And uh, if you connect with me over there, you can find ways to get a hold of me on a, on a deeper level, like email or whatever. Heck yeah. And and I'll have those links in the description of wherever you're watching this or listening it. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming here, Adam. Dan, have a great rest of your night, my friend. You too. And uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah. Thanks. Later, man.